What is up, gorgeous soul? Welcome to the Embodied Leadership Podcast. I am your host, Rachel Fisher. I'm an energetic leadership coach for soul-led entrepreneurs, and it's my mission to help raise the vibration of the planet through helping people just like you elevate their impact and income through subconscious healing, embodiment, mental and emotional alchemy, as well as energetic mastery. This podcast is for leaders who are committed to stepping into higher levels of leadership through taking radical responsibility over their healing, their liberation, and pleasure. If you're ready to ditch the traditional way of operating in your business and step into being an embodied as fuck leader in every edge, corner, and aspect of your life, then come and join us inside. Okay, awesome. So... Hello, everyone. I'm so excited for this week's episode because today is actually a very special day for a few reasons. One, this is the first time that I have a guest on the Embodied Leadership Podcast, and I am extremely excited that this guest is Neha. She is an incredible human being, an incredible mentor, coach, leader, all the things I had the pleasure of being introduced to her through my mentor, Kaylee. She came and did a beautiful presentation all about human design, and we're going to be diving into so many juicy things today. So excited. I'm like almost out of breath, so I'm like so full of energy. Um, So we're going to be going over things such as human design and astrology, healing with a pro-liberation lens, and (laughs) business as a vehicle for healing. And you all know that I'm all about using our business for a vehicle for healing. So I'm so excited. And just to give you a little bit of a brief introduction before I let Neha take over, she is an astrologer a human design practitioner, energy healer, and a certified master life and success coach who blends all her areas of expertise to help soulful and ambitious people grow from a place of joy, ease, and alignment. So welcome to the show, Queen. I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you. Oh my gosh. Uh, I can feel your excitement. I'm excited um, and honored to be the first guest on your podcast. Yes. Oh, I'm so excited. So I would love for you to share with everybody a little bit more about who you are and like what led you to this beautiful mission that you're carrying forth into the world. Yes. What led me here? So when I was a kid, I was enamored by astrology. So I'm from Nepal, my family and I, and like astrology is a big part of the culture. Um, And so I was always really intrigued by the mystical stuff, but growing up in the state, Um, especially like as I started going into middle school like uh, I realized a lot of people who valued science which I also love science uh, were like um, astrology is a fake like they like what what do the planets have to do with anything like oh people just want to hear things about themselves so I started like internalizing that I was like huh maybe and then a Nepali shaman or a jhakri stayed at our place when I was like about 13 years old And he had so many modalities, so many tools, one of which was Vedic astrology. So I was super, super intrigued, super interested. And I started Googling things about astrology. So I started studying more tropical Western astrology. And I remember searching up my moon sign. This is back in like 2009, 2008 or something. (laughs) And like the internet is not what it is now. Um, So when I like got the moon sign calculator, found out I was a Scorpio moon. And it was like, you are vindictive and jealous and dark. And I was like, what? And I was like, maybe you got a point a little bit Um, in that, like, obviously there's a lot of brightness to me as well, but it helped me kind of start seeing my shadow side. Um, And as a Scorpio moon, Scorpio moons, um, you know, there's a lot hidden under the surface for me. So I started studying astrology, but very secretly, like for years that I would share with select friends. And eventually I had a friend who uh, many years later, like in 2015, decided I am now into astrology. And I was like, as a manifesting generator in human design, this gave me something to respond to. And I was like, I know so much about this thing. (laughs) And so... (laughs) 
basically since then I really started owning it um and that like astrology led me to meditation and I was just reading so many of my friends and coworkers charts that they were like Neha start a business I responded as a manifesting generator even before I knew about it and so that's kind of where I started the business from and a mentor introduced me to human design I started blending that in and I've been in business for like three and a half years now. So it's been a journey um, and so much learning, so much growth along the way. Mm, Thank you so much for sharing that. That's so beautiful. And it's amazing that you, this is something that's just been a part of your life for so Mm -hmm. long. And it's so beautiful that you've been able to translate like these deep passions and things that have helped you understand yourself so fully to now being able to facilitate a beautiful space for other people to discover themselves deeper as well. You have a really beautiful saying I'd love for you to share. It's kind of like your, your tagline and I I'd love for oh, you to yes. share it. <laughs> so I like to say astrology is your story. Human design is your strategy. Energy is the work. And hi, I am your girl Neha. Yes. And I love helping people <laughs> hashtag live a yummy life. <laughs> yes, I love that so much. Mm-hmm. It's so beautiful. So before we go a little bit deeper into the conversations around, you know, moving through business from like a place of healing and really focusing on liberation, just for people that are listening and are like, hey, first of all, like, first of all, like, I don't really know what the hell human design is. And I don't really mm-hmm. fully understand astrology if you wouldn't mind just sharing from your um, perspective like how how you would explain to people like what these two beautiful things are and like how they differ and how they also complement each other mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so you know if you're listening to this and you're like um intrigued or you're curious you're like how does astrology or human design work and like I couldn't tell you the exact mechanics of it right but there are studies that show like during a full moon like there's more veterinary visits there's more (laughs) accidents there's more this there's more that so there's clearly some sort of impact of that the cosmos the universe our solar system has on our energy and energy is just there's so many facets to energy, but it's the way things feel. It's the way, it's the way, uh, it's the intention behind things. And so I really love both astrology and human design because they are these charts. There are these maps that help you see yourself through the lens of the universe, see yourself through the lens of um, the, the planets and the stars and the sun and the moon. And I like to say astrology is your story because when you pull up your astrology chart, it'll really tell you like, ooh, this is who I am. Like these are things important to me. This is how I cultivate my identity, like your rising sign. Um, That is like the first thing that you learned when you were born. It was what the the sign that was on the Eastern horizon um, where the sun rises every day. Uh, And that is like the first thing you learned when you're born. And it tells you like key players in your life, um, what you learn from your family or your parents, uh, how that sets the foundation for what you want to leave as a legacy for your career, for your public facing energy, and also your innermost part. So that is astrology. And then, and it's ancient AF, like thousands <laughs> of years old. Um, we've been looking, our ancestors have been looking to the stars and the earth for guidance uh, for so long. I also work with flowers a lot and, and plants. Um, And so I feel like plants and the earth are like this beautiful gift from the earth. And then astrology is this gorgeous gift from above. So as above, so below. And human design, human design is a synthesis of astrology, Western and uh, Vedic, as well as uh, the I Ching from China, the chakra system from India, the tree of life from the Kabbalah, and quantum physics or quantum mechanics. And you throw all those modalities in a blender and you get human design. And this is really like to answer the question of like, how do I do the thing that I want to <laughs> do? Like, what's my strategy? Um, and it also is so beautiful because it tells you what you do by just being, period. Like, because our value, our worthiness is just in 
inherent in our being and human design helps us see like, how do I be? How do I just exist? And what do I do and naturally by existing? And it really details out the vehicle, like your body, your vehicle, uh, how it moves and operates in the world, because not everyone is here to have the same strategies. If you're like trying to start a business or pursue your career or whatnot, and you're trying to follow like what someone else did or like a cookie cutter template um, or a five step to business success. Uh, strategy, it may not work because it might not be in alignment with your human design. And so that's really the magic of human design. It tells you your strategy and astrology tells you your story. Mm, Thank you so much for sharing that. I, I resonate so deeply with everything that you said, particularly when I started to, I mean, I I feel like I always, you know, I, I knew my son, like my son sign, like I'm a Libra, Mm -hmm. you know, and then I started to, and by no means am I, you know, well-versed in the land of astrology or human design, but the things that I've learned about myself, you know, even just understanding like, oh, I'm a Leo moon and I'm a Pisces rising Mm. and then starting to like make like put the pieces together. I was like, whoa, like that makes so much sense. And then I remember, what was it like a year and a half ago now when I got introduced to human design and I found that I was a manifesting generator with a sacral authority, I felt so seen in ways I can't Mm -hmm. even explain because it wasn't like it was telling me something that I didn't already know. It was actually a mirror and validation for who I actually am Mm -hmm. and how I operate. And what you said about, you know, using human design as a tool and like a strategy to help you navigate through life as a business owner, as a human being, you know, it made sense to me why for me personally, I couldn't plan, like have a five-year plan or even a three-month plan, girlfriend. Like mm-hmm. it made sense why I get really excited about things and then kind of stop being excited about them and I need to pivot. And th- there wasn't actually something wrong with that. And I remember just feeling, and I still to this day, I mean, I'm obsessed with any, anybody that like has a human design account because I'm like, wow, this is so beautiful. And I appreciate um, people like yourself that are really, you know, using this as a, as an opportunity for people to just, again, like come back to wholeness and to really like, like just feel at home within themselves. It's beautiful. Mm -hmm. It's so beautiful. And I love what you said that like, it wasn't telling you something you didn't already know, but we get so like, we know ourselves. Like I am a proponent that like as a human design analyst or as an, as an astrologer, I don't tell you things you don't already know. Uh, maybe I tell you things about timing that you might not <laughs> yeah. know, but when it comes to just who you are, uh, like if I told you like Rachel relationships are super important to you. And you know, the moment you were born, you really came in with a lot of compassion and intuition. And that was really required for you right as you were born as a Pisces rising. And as a Leo moon, being seen is a deep emotional need. Like that is just essential. You knew all these things, right? But (laughs) I'm like, yep, (laughs) that's me. (laughs) Yes. Um, And right. But the role of an astrologer or an analyst is to translate, to hold space, to help people see themselves and uh, unlearn the shit that's in the way so that they can, they can just be themselves. So they can um, be true to who they are. And your body knows human design, your body, like your energy, your body knows your astrology and knows your gifts. And through practicing this, it's really about unlearning and healing the stuff that's in the way. I am also a sacral manigen and I wanted to do lots of different things. Like as a kid, there was like a phase where I was like, I'm going to be a hairstylist <laughs> and own a restaurant and do this and that and this and that. And people gave me this message of like, no, you have to choose one thing. You have to choose one thing. And I'm like, well, that was something wrong with me. No, nothing <laughs> was wrong with me. Um, my body was just excited by so many different possibilities, which is so correct. Um, and now I'm creating and have created a business and career where I can be multiple things. I can pivot. I can honor. Um, is this lighting me up? No. Okay. Maybe I need to find a way to phase this out or cut this mm-hmm. out of my life or move on from things. Okay. Ooh, that thing. I don't know much about it at all, but 
something inside of me is saying, ooh, there's something here for you. And so being able to give myself permission to explore that unapologetically, that's what human design and astrology does for me. Oh, yeah, I, I love that so much. And something that I've been learning, um, just as like a side note, as like me, for me personally, as a manifesting generator, is that sometimes it's also helpful for me to not like, like, just totally jump on the thing that excites me because sometimes what can happen is I get leaky energy because I'm like oh that's exciting and that's exciting and that's exciting and so sometimes what's been really helpful is like that sacred like okay I'm just gonna breathe into this for a second and like really attune to my body and just like pay attention to like if it's a now thing or maybe it's like this is exciting but it's like a Mm -hmm. maybe it's like a couple weeks from now or because I've I've totally fallen into the habit where I'm like that's an amazing idea. <laughs> I just like go <laughs> fully for it. And then the next yeah. day I'm like, actually, no, I don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it can get real messy. Yes. For emotional authority people and manifesting generators, like things shift for, for us real fast. Like, um, it, the manifesting generators have something called a moment of truth where your sacral goes ding like ooh, something lights me up here and you know because of conditioning we might think oh we have to go all in on this thing <laughs> and then we have a moment of truth of like oh fuck either something needs to change <laughs> about this uh, for me to really commit or <laughs> turns out plot twist this is not the one for me <laughs> um and that's where that manifesting generator the manifesting part of the strategy that informing comes in because mm. many gens we can judge ourselves for being so flaky but really we just may be like okay something shifted and just inform okay pivot inform all right all right inform here and so like using our voice using that powerful throat to communicate and let people know okay something shifted here yeah I love that so much oh girlfriend I'm just like my my sacral's (laughs) lit up right now (laughs) yeah um something that I, I love so much is that you talk about holding space for unlearning and healing from systemic harm and remembering you know, who you truly are so that you can live your life mm-hmm. in full alignment with what feels organic and real for you as an individual. And so I'd love for you to share a little bit more about like what that means and looks like, because I feel like we're globally going through a massive, like, it mm-hmm. feels like we're just like pulling out the weeds and like the industry is shifting and it's potent and it's powerful because you and I both stand for liberation for all folks. And I just would love for you to like really unpack like what that looks like and means to you as a person. Yes, yes. Liberation. Liberation is so key. And it, something I say in my business that I'm starting to speak on more is a mission statement for me is public health starts with the individual. So mm-hmm. having a healthy world, a healthy public, it starts with individuals one at a time committing to themselves like saying yes to what feels good to me saying ooh starting to and when i mean like unlearning and healing means like like no one else can heal for you like like it's just like at the gym no one else can do a fucking push up for you no one can <laughs> wouldn't that know, be nice for, right <laughs> can you just can i have for you to get fit for me <laughs> that'd be so lit but no one else can eat for you. No one else can drink water for you. And no one else can feel your feelings, heal and unlearn for you. And what does that process actually look like? It's current systems like uh, toxic elements of capitalism, you know, racism, sex, all the isms, <laughs> which are all rooted in xenophobia, which is the fear of other. Yep. So it's like this othering, Right they thrive off of us being disconnected from our bodies, from our being, from our energy. And healing really starts with checking in, like, how am I doing today? Like, how does it feel to be me and my body today? And let me tell you, when I started first meditating, I started meditating like in 2016. And it was because I was experiencing a lot of anxiety in college. And I had gone through a lot. And School was just really tough for me. So I started going to see a therapist and then uh, she was like, maybe look into meditation. And then I also saw an astrologer and she was like, look into meditation. So I was like, okay, cool. Like, whatever. Fuck it. I'll try it. 
Uh, and so I started trying it. And actually, instead of making me more calm, what happened was I unlocked traumatic memories yep. and <laughs> felt way worse. I was like, I want a refund from this meditation business. But what happens is, for me, at least, there was no going back. There was no unfeeling. There was no um, locking the memories back up. It was really continuing to... And it took months, like unpack some of the stuff that was coming up for me, um, unpack like the feelings that I had suppressed for so long. It was really having a lot of tough conversations with um, my family, with friends. Um, It was honestly feeling really lonely um, and being like, I feel like this world wasn't made for me. But plot twist, a lot of people feel like that. And Mm -hmm. so even if you feel really alone or lonely, or, you know, you're starting to unpack shit from within you and you're like, ah, like no one gets me. I just want to affirm that we can hold space for that feeling of no one gets you. And, and I am here with you. (laughs) Like I have been there. So many people have also been there. Um, So really healing and unlearning is about, and when I say feel your feelings, it does not mean believe those feelings. Mm-hmm. Uh, it does not mean buy into the stories that they're telling you. It just means like emotions is emotion is energy in motion. And so when we suppress or stuck the feelings, those emotions can't be in motion. They can't move. They can't flow through you. And so creating space to kind of unstuck those uh, feelings. And oftentimes those feelings come with Uh, beliefs that uh, don't serve you, uh, survival patterns that we learned growing up. For me, it was a lot of people pleasing. I'm a Libra rising. So um, a lot of like people pleasing, putting other people ahead of me. Um, And, you know, even like in the world of business and, and sales and marketing, a big thing for me was like kind of bracing for impact when I would like tell people my pricing. Mm-hmm. I'd, be, I'd be like, ooh, I'd immediately want to give someone a discount or like um, do this. And they didn't even tell me anything about their financial situation. It was just all that programming and conditioning. And honestly, I love one of the posts that you shared of like, I'm done calling it inner work. It's an inner practice because it's not like you get to some point yeah. and all of a sudden you're done. Like mm-hmm. I am now fully healed. Like I am the perfect human. Uh, It's truly an inner practice, a continual practice throughout your life um, of of doing that. Yes, girlfriend. Oh, I resonate Mm -hmm. so deeply. And I'm I'm the same way. Like I, you know, you know, I had my spiritual awakening, so to speak, when I turned Mm -hmm. 20. And I'm going to be 29 in a couple months. And so my, all my twenties has just been like, let's just like go there. Let's just like go into the, the depths of your soul. Let's drudge up all this shit so you can face it and alchemize it so that you can turn it into medicine for the world. And I, and something I think you'll probably resonate very deeply with is, you know, business is a spiritual journey because when you start your business, it literally is a mirror for all of the parts of you that you either would like to notice or you don't want to look at. And so mm-hmm. it's like, you know, if you're somebody who has a trauma response of people pleasing, that's going to show up in your business. If you're somebody who has a lot of money trauma, it's going to show up in your business. There's so many, and it's beautiful because business is a vessel for healing. Um, But this is, I think, why more and more entrepreneurs and people in leadership are starting to turn to the work because we we do different things, but we also are within the the space of NLP and healing. And Mm -hmm. I think that's why more and more people, particularly those that are within the realm of entrepreneurship, are starting to be like, okay, yeah, so I have the business strategies, cool, but I still feel insecure when I go to sell or I still take on my clients um, energy. And so maybe there is something that I need to actually prioritize. And that thing is myself. And that's why this work is becoming more and more at the forefront, because like you said, I believe at the beginning, something along the lines of like, it starts with us, like who Mm -hmm. we are as individual people. And, you know, it's, it's like, to me personally, I, I'm all for like being a wealthy as fuck woman, but I want to be a fulfilled, liberated, healthy, a wealthy as fuck woman and healthy. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't want to just make money and have all the clients and then be feeling like I'm burnt out and drowning in misery. Like that's just not a vibe. So 
I love that you're really speaking into like this, the potency of, of being fulfilled and like having like that, your, your liberation as a priority, because when you take care of yourself, you're able to then create space for other people to do that too. And it's just so beautiful. Yes. Yes. You know, I started my business in 2018 and something I feel like I'm noticing this archetype um, of a lot of like big names um, who were big at that time and were more on the strategy or social media or kind of more of the quote unquote practical stuff. Mm -hmm. So hashtag energy work is very practical. Um, (laughs) (laughs) At that time, and then they kind of like made their way into spirituality where now they're starting to talk more about like self-awareness, energy work, you know, reparenting, et cetera. Well, I more so came from the spirituality side and people kept telling me to start a business. So I did. And so I feel like I've had the opposite archetype um, in that, but witnessing a lot of people business leaders. Uh, I see myself as a leader, but a lot of people who didn't value that self-work, uh, that self-practice are starting to speak about that because they were experiencing things like burnout. Mm-hmm. They were experiencing things like, uh, you know, unhappy clients or their clients were thriving, but they started feeling worse and worse and worse over time. And so that energy of prioritizing yourself, not in a old way of prioritizing Mm -hmm. yourself with a capitalism way where it's like deep individualism Mm -hmm. and go get what you want. Like not that energy, but this energy of I am deeply interconnected with Mm -hmm. all life. I am deeply interconnected with every human. And so for me to be a leader I need to take care of myself and pour into myself. And that also includes having community, having mentorship, Mm. having friendship, Um, you know, an attachment style work. Um, I love the quote that you are only as needy as your unmet needs. Mm. And we cannot meet all of our own needs like me on me, like I can meditate all day long, I could self love all day long and do all the bad bitch things. But without the community, the people, the connection piece, that's not it's not going to feel fulfilling, right? You want to be a we want to be fulfilled, healthy, thriving, wealthy women, and wealthy people in general. Um, so to do that, to really be in our bodies to take care of like your body is your ride or die 100 Mm percent. like you quite literally (laughs) you are your ride or die and so coming at it from that lens and then also being in connection with people uh like with receiving support there's three layers there's receiving from self to self and then there's receiving from self and then one-on-one connections, like self and another. And then there's receiving from self in a group. And all three of those bring up different layers of things. Mm. So if someone's like been taught, like it's so bad to self-care, like, you know, especially like I see this with a lot of moms, like I see mm. this in my own mom, like you got to prioritize the kids, you got to do all these things for the kids. And so self to self could bring up a lot of shit. Uh, if you've experienced, like for me, I didn't really have toxic relationships much in high school, but I had toxic friendships. Mm-hmm. And so receiving in that one-to-one capacity, being able to like trust uh, my friends, being able to create new modes of friendship instead of the ones that I operated from like in middle and high school, like that was a lot of healing work for me and brought up stuff within me that I had to take responsibility for. Right. And then also like self and group, like fun fact, I was kicked out of a sorority in college. Um, and Mm. so experiencing like this, social exile from a group and like Mm. even in like elementary school there was this drama that I had nothing to do with but then the girls blamed me and the teacher believed them and so being able to heal like the wounds I've experienced within groups Mm. and running a business being a leader having a career and none of those things just being a human living your life you're gonna give and receive on all three of those levels so some places to look at for your inner work there's so many layers absolutely Oh yeah. A hundred percent. I mean, I, I feel like the, this, the conversation around 
community is so important, especially when you are somebody like, in my opinion, if you're somebody who is a coach, healer, teacher, whatever the, whatever the label is that suits you or you feel associated with, like you're a leader, like you are somebody who is like holding space for people in some way, shape or form. Mm -hmm. And it's a, it's a privilege and it's an honor and it's something to be very, it's serious. It's something to be taken seriously through the lens of, you know, people are trusting you and not looking up to you because I'm not here for hierarchies or pedestal Mm -hmm. bullshit, but they're looking to you as a lighthouse that is like kind of just guiding them and you're walking alongside them. And, you know, and I think that for me, something that has become so important, particularly this past year has been community. I mean, I am Mm -hmm. much to you have been in business now for almost four years and I know that when I first started my business, it was very rooted in old paradigm ways of being. It was very like, you know, wounded masculine energy, like go, go, go hustle. You got to work. You got to get up at 5 a.m. You got to work all day. You know, you got to sacrifice. You got to sat. You know, it was just like all of this like mm-hmm. narratives. And so, you know, mind you, when I was first building my business, I was working over 40 hours a week as a fitness advisor at a gym and building two businesses. And so what did get put to the back burner was some friendships. And that, you know, I didn't realize how like, you know, I had my partner, which I mean, less because we're best friends. And like, you know, so I never felt (laughs) super lonely. But what I realized was when I came out on the other side, I was like, oh my gosh, do I actually have friends? like people that I'm showing up for, like I'm nurturing those relationships because I think that that can be something that happens is there's this complex of like, I got to do it all on my own. And that also shows up in people avoiding getting, hiring a team and, you know, burning themselves Mm -hmm. out. So there's this like complex of like, I got to be like the superhuman in my life and in my business. And like, I really love that you spoke to you know, not only showing up and and caring for ourselves and meeting our needs, but that there is a need for that one-on-one and the group Mm -hmm. and knowing that something I believe is that we're all connected. Like separation's a motherfucking illusion. We're all connected and love is always, like love is, love is, and I'm not talking about like, you know, like, you know, Valentine's Day love. I'm talking about (laughs) real unconditional love is what I Mm -hmm. believe to be true across all timelines beyond space and time. Like it is, it is the thing that connects all of us. And I believe that right now what's happening is more and more people are awakening to that. And it's scary because when Mm -hmm. separation starts to crumble, the veil gets lifted and all of a sudden all the stuff that was just kind of murky hiding there is now revealed and we're being called to rise deeper and deeper into our truth and our connection as human beings yes 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 fun fact so my name Neha means love and my last oh. name Ja means teacher so oh my gosh that's amazing <laughs> I wish mine I think my name means lamb so like <laughs> that's fucking awesome <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh my gosh. Yes. Um, so I really resonate with what you said about like love and interconnection and separation is an illusion, right? And that doesn't mean like, okay, now go give it all for free and don't have boundaries yes. and don't be an individual. Hell no. Right. But it is this energy of uh there's something bigger mm. connecting all of us. And um, there's so many different types of love and there's agape love, which is that spiritual, unconditional, like oneness kind of love, that interconnection of like, I don't know who, who, you know, all all, like all the people on Instagram are or who all the people in the world are. um, But there is this like life force of like, we're out here just humaning together (laughs) at the same time. (laughs) Yes. Mm -hmm. Oh, so beautiful. And I know that's something that you really talk about, which is very connected to everything that we're speaking into is, you know, the conversation around how being in touch with our intuition is a way to make decisions that are actually in alignment with our highest good. 
And how defining our unique role as a leader um, in the collective liberation actually creates like greater impact and financial liberation, not just for ourselves, but for like the world as a whole. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Decision making for yourself. <sighs> like, okay. So if you're into human design or if you're curious about human design, go and you pull up your chart, you can do it at geneticmatrix.com, mybodygraph.com. There's a few places, just Google it. Um, and check out where it says inner authority. So Rachel mentioned earlier, she is a sacral authority. I had also a sacral authority and there's like, I think seven different uh, authorities in human design. And so everybody makes decisions in their unique way and something that is connected to your body. And something I love in human design is nobody, so there's two mental centers, the head center and the Ajna, and no one's decision-making centers are the mind. So fun fact, the mind is not where we make decisions from. We all have um, either it's our sacral, our body's like yes, no response. We have the spleen, we have the emotional solar plexus. We have the G center, which is all about like finding your unique direction where you're pointed. Um, Some people are connected more to the moon, the reflectors out here. And some people are really tapped into their environment. Um, And also the heart authority, all the authorities. Um, (laughs) So when you tap into decision-making for yourself as a leader, you need to put yourself first. Like you need to tune into what is important to me about this. What do I value? And as you're making your way to liberation, you making decisions for yourself that other people may not get, may not understand, that's you're being an example for people. You're Mm. being a lighthouse, as you mentioned earlier, of, wow, this person is really listening to themselves. Because like, I remember, you know, growing up, like the way we'd make decisions is pros and cons lists, talk to people, (laughs) get advice, listen to like everyone else and just do the logical thing. But sometimes the decisions that we need to make are not logical, especially on the route to liberation, which is not a linear not linear. It is uh, full of ups and downs and like going down, you know, the secret path in the secret garden and um, really listening to your body and giving yourself permission to to know that, hey, I know, like I know. Mm -hmm. And if you're like, I don't know the decision, it's okay to be there and play with this idea. So I understand that you don't know, but what if you did know? Mm-hmm. 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 Yes. Oh, girlfriend, I feel like something that I think a lot of people run into, and I myself included, is sometimes we're like not willing to actually look at what our intuition is guiding us toward. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes the intuitive yes or no actually means that we have to be really grounded in what's best for us. And that might mean disappointing somebody or making a really challenging decision or leaving our comfort zone. And I know for myself, there have been times in the past where my intuition, like if I had like sat with it would have said like, no, but then my mind was like, well, yeah, just do the thing. And then months later it was like, oh yeah, I actually did know that Mm -hmm. that probably wasn't what I needed at the moment, but I wasn't really willing to go there and acknowledge like the, my inner truth. And I think that that's something that can be tricky is knowing when to like lean into that intuitive nudge, wherever that shows up for you in your body or in your environment. And and then to like be able to observe like the thoughts that come in based upon your individual programming, but to Mm. lean into that inner truth. Because like you said, like our mind is, is like, I mean, we, we know like literally our our subconscious is like it's its job is self-preservation so I mean if our intuition's like go do this terrifying thing that you've never done our mind's gonna be like bitch no you're gonna sit down you're gonna stay where you are and so it's Mm -hmm. our job to like really lean into those intuitive nudges and do you have any I mean 
Well, but like, what is your go-to? Like, if you're experiencing a situation where your intuition's like, Neha, you're 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 going for this thing, and then your mind's like, nope. Like, how do you move <laughs> yeah. through that experience? <laughs> yeah, when we make decisions, you know, there is a lot that comes with it, like really owning your desire. So, actually, I actually have a story. Very recently, I just quit my job uh, last month. Woo! And full time in business life, baby. Um, yes. But you know. I had known for a while I needed to leave my job. So like for months and in February, I was like pulling my cards, going through my intuitive process. And I literally pulled the the card. It said, it's time to go. And like, no shit. Two seconds later, the song, it's time to go by Taylor Swift starts playing while my songs are on (laughs) shuffle. And I was like, all right, the message is clear here. And so I took a, but I, I didn't feel like I could leap yet. Um, And so I tuned in and it felt like the next step for me was to take a leave of absence. And for me, that would have been an unpaid leave of absence. So I did that. I filed for a leave of absence and I kept putting a lot of pressure on my business. I kept being like, okay, well, we like got to have these income months so that I can really leave my job, uh, you know, when I come back and quit and blah, 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 blah. And I did not hit those income months because I was coming from a place of pressure rather than like my intuitive desire of like, what is, what is it that I want to do? Um, and I was getting really frustrated as a, as a manifesting generator and generator types in general, like our out of alignment, like a uh, signal is that, oh, yep. like that frustration, <laughs> like yes. that energy. So, um, <laughs> so I was feeling a lot of that and my leave of absence is coming to a close and there was like some drama, like already like coming back to work. Like there was already some like management was being like, it it just wasn't feeling in alignment, but I come back to work and my body's like, fuck this shit, like immediately off the bat. So I'm at work and I know I have to quit my job. Like I just, I know it in my knower. And, um, but I'm at work and there are these moments where like things are really useful for a moment. And I'm like, I could stay here. Like I could. And I sat with this for probably two weeks while I'm like working, living. And I would come back from home, come back home from work and I would be too exhausted to do anything. And I was like, shit, I'm not, not moving forward. And luckily I have a VA and a team who was helping me like do like things were still moving along the way. And finally, I. I, what I did in this decision-making process was like, okay, kind of like the sliding door moment. Uh, like I sat there and I was like, okay, if I stay here, what's the timeline feel like? Like, what does it feel like if I continue? And it just felt dead. And mm-hmm. honestly, it, I was standing there at work. I was like, if I stay here, it feels dead. And I was like, it's not 2019 anymore. I used to love coming to work. I used to love this place overall. I used to feel really supportive alongside my business, but it just felt dead. And I was like, And then I came to this realization of like, well, we're all going to die one day. That is one guarantee of life. And do I want to spend my time here on a dead timeline, feeling very blah, feeling very ugh, when my body continues to say, girl, get out of here. And that was, that was my decision-making. And I actually, because I like to be poetic, put in my two weeks on the 4th of July on Independence Day. I was like, (laughs) I really celebrate this holiday, but I'll just, I'll just be symbolic with it. Mm -hmm. I love that. Yes. I resonate so much because I, so I quit my, my job, uh, my full-time job back in December of 2019. And it was the same thing. I mm-hmm. knew for probably a year that I needed to leave <laughs> because my like my mental health was like mm-hmm. just dwindling and I I would the same boat I'd get off work and I would be exhausted because yeah. I was in a role where I was coaching and like helping people at a gym making like you know you know not like not that amazing amount of money for the work that I was doing and I was putting in right. so much work and I remember it was very much similar kind of vibe as you. I had I got to the point where it was like, okay, I went down to part-time, which I was the only – so this is just a little side note, friends. You don't know what's going to happen until you ask. So my position mm-hmm. was only a full-time position, only. And I worked for one of the – I worked for the biggest gym in Canada. 
there was no such thing as a part-time fitness advisor. And I was like, you know what? I'm valuable as hell. I, I make this company a ton of money. I'm going to go and ask to work part-time. And I went to like head management and I was like, I want to work part-time because I'm building my business. And they're like, well, like we don't really do that. And I was like, well, it's that or I leave. And they were like, okay. Mm. Like, so sometimes you just got to ask for what you want. And mind you, a month and a half later, I quit because I was like, I'm just going all in on my business. Like I'm done like I'm just done with this dead timeline, like you said, mm-hmm. but sometimes there's like that, like, you know, that incremental step that helps you get the courage to take the full leap. And like yours yes. was that leave of absence. Mine was just going part-time. And so some, whether that's related to you're still working a job or it's just a business decision you got to make, maybe there's an offer that you're selling that needs to be tossed in the garbage. Maybe you need to hire mm-hmm. a team member, like whatever it is. Give yourself permission to go there. I think we can both agree. Yes. It's worth it. Dead timelines are not a vibe. <laughs> they sure are not. And your body will know, you know, if you're like, how do I tune into my timeline? Just be like, if I continue to stay here at this, or if I continue to do this, if I don't do that, how does it feel in your body? And you will notice your energy. And then, then, then ask yourself, okay, if I do the thing that I really want, like invest in this thing, um, quit the job you know, go on that vacation, etc. Notice how it feels in your body. And let that be a deciding factor. Because how you feel like that's important. You're feeling things all the time. You are alive, my friend, you know? Yes. And something mm-hmm. too is like, you know, it's okay to know something's a yes for you and to still be scared. Like that is something 100. that I talk about all the time. Because I think sometimes people wait and wait and wait and wait until it's like, oh, like this is just like not scary at all. And it's like actually like just saying like there's a good chance that anytime you're going to make a big decision, like it, there's going to be a little bit of uncomfortable energy or nerves there. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean it's not a yes. If your body says it's a yes, that that can still be paired with like mental fear or like nerves. Mm-hmm. And so like leaning into how, okay, how can I hold space for all parts of me that are coming online right now and to still trust my intuition, to still trust that I'm co-creating my life along something that's beautiful and divine that's communicating through me and that I fucking got this, you know? (laughs) Yes. And also like not beating yourself up when, you know, you might know something's a yes or you might know something's a no and you don't take that action don't you don't have to like beat yourself up about it you don't have to be like oh like I should have just done this sooner like you know <laughs> take that opportunity to to do that unlearning and that healing work we talked about earlier such as like seeing what thoughts come up what parts of you need that assurance like when we take a leap and do something scary it, it, it will still feel scary but we can sit with our bodies we can regulate our nervous systems mm-hmm. we can um create a more easeful experience along the way as we, as we leap, as we trust ourselves. And, you know, if you have a big decision that's looming and that's really hard for you, start with smaller decisions with your intuition, Mm -hmm. like literally as easy as, you know, Ooh, I'm going to tune into my body. What do I want to eat for lunch today? If you've got a sacral authority, asking yourself yes or no questions. Do I want some French fries today with my <laughs> salad? No, I don't. Okay. Do I, do I even want a salad? No, I don't. Okay. What do I want today? And so just really starting with smaller decisions or smaller things. And that helps you build that self-trust muscle. It's just like going to the gym. You are not going to start bench pressing like 350 pounds off the bat, um, (laughs) you're going to build up, you're going to build the muscle over time. And just like going to the gym, sometimes you are sore after working out oftentimes. And so there are those like kind of those vulnerability hangovers or those, those like moments where you feel like, um, it's not working or you're not seeing the result on time, but you're still feeling that like vulnerability, uh, of, of trusting yourself, building that muscle. And so just know that it's a part of the process and just give yourself so much kindness and compassion along that path. Mm, You're amazing. I am so grateful for this beautiful conversation. So I, just to kind of wrap things up here, I would love to know, like, what does being an embodied leader mean to you? 
Ooh, being an embodied leader. What does that mean to me? Being an embodied leader means that I do what feels right. I do what feels aligned. I lead by leading myself. Like, Mm. who am I to lead other people if I cannot lead myself? Really um, having tough conversations, feeling tough feelings, holding myself accountable. You know, when I become reactive, like giving myself compassion and also accountability of me. You know, you were, you were reactive here and embodiment means to me, like continuing to move the dial forward through myself and Mm -hmm. through, through my body. Yes. Oh, girlfriend. Beautiful. (laughs) I love it. So I am just so over the moon grateful for this conversation. I am so grateful for you. I feel so lit up and I am just so grateful for your time and your energy. I would love for you to share with everybody where and how they can connect with you and work with you and all the fun things. Yes. So I have a website. It's www.lovenehajha.com. Love is spelled like the word love and Neha is N-E-H-A-J-H-A. And that's my website. You can always find my offers, my one-on-one coaching, my single sessions, business support, as well as um, I am launching a new course soon. And it's called A Fucking Course because that's how I feel when I read people's charts. I'm like, oh, (laughs) of course, of course, A Fucking Course, you would be like this. Um, This would be your chart. And so those are like the fun, exciting things happening in my business. If you'd like to work with me and if you just want to connect and hang out and see what I'm up to, you can follow me on Instagram and on TikTok. Same handle, love Nehanta. Yay. And I'll make sure that I put all of that in the show notes. Thank you all so much for listening today. And it would mean so much if you can let us know your favorite part of today's episode. Feel free to share on your stories or, you know, reach out to one of us on Instagram. We'd love to hear from you. And I'll see you next week. Have a great week, everyone. Thank you so much, Neha. You're amazing. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. I am so grateful to share this space with you. It would be my absolute honor to connect with you further. Feel free to connect with me on Instagram, send me a DM, let me know how this all landed in your body. And I look forward to connecting with you again next week.